Hey there, and welcome to the Unlikely Artist Podcast, where I'll teach you how to gain the freedom you need to become who you want, instead of who you've been telling yourself you need to be. I'm Heather Kerr. I went from international tax to art and coaching because those are the things I've been yearning to do. Listen in to find out how you can start doing what you love to in slow, easy steps each week. Let's dive in now. So welcome back, Savvy Souls. I got the idea for this podcast episode when I listened to a different podcast today by a guy I normally like, but today's was about why we shouldn't try so hard to do things the convenient way. He made a case against convenience, like why he said, do we need to use Amazon Prime? His underlying thought was that convenience is bad. He pointed out that sometimes we have to do uncomfortable things if we want to get ahead. And then this other podcast popped up. I haven't listened to it yet, but it had the word lazy in it. These two together just got my mind thinking about something I've experienced over the last month. And it was something I think is important to share with you. And it's about the biggest challenge I've been working on, which is how to make things easier for myself. So I realized there's really something important about what I'm learning that I want to share with you today. If you're focused on growing and evolving, for sure you're signing up for some discomfort. I get that. Our brains hate change. By definition, our personal evolution requires us to change. And our brains will cause us to feel uncomfortable. It's guaranteed. Our brains hate change. But I think we too often conflate difficult with valuable and easy with not valuable. And of course, there's lots of examples where this is in fact true. For example, it's much easier to just go and pick up some fast food. And it's much more difficult to cook a fine meal. A fine meal is more valuable. We're paying for the expertise of the chef or a doctor who spent five additional years training as a surgeon has done something more difficult and as a reward earns more because she's considered scarcer and more valuable from this extra effort she's put into her training. So we live in a society that prizes effort and diligence and stamina and dedication and commitment and working hard. And these things are necessary sometimes. They are definitely valuable sometimes. But a lot of times we prize these qualities so much that we create a desperate dedication to effort that's completely unnecessary. We make things difficult when they just don't need to be. We often work way longer hours than we need to. We've bought into the, we need to pay our dues first myth. We believe there's a linear path to where we want to go. And so we need to hurry along it to reach our destination. We believe we need to put in 10,000 hours to master the skills we want to create what we want to create. 
we screen out evidence that doesn't conform to our view that we need to work hard to succeed. We disbelieve the stories told by people who found an easier way to get there, or we decide we do believe them, but we conclude they're unicorns. They're not like us. We need to work hard. We're not like them. We're driven by a work hard, play hard culture. And we revere people who do that. I remember at the firm where I spent my first six years, that was literally the motto of our, the internal model, model that we had for the lawyers was work hard, play hard. And we prized ourselves on that. In lots of professional jobs, we honor the hard work that doctors and lawyers do when they work impossibly long hours that seem inhumane. There's a sense of pride about that as if it's a good thing. But you know, is it really? I remember very distinctly when I was articling my first all night meeting. I was an articling student. I was working on this huge transaction and it was a closing and we were preparing something called a prospectus, which is a public document that tells shareholders about a company and every word is important. And there were like definitely more than two dozen lawyers around the boardroom table. And I remember it got to be about four o'clock in the morning and we were all super tired. And I remember a lawyer said, yeah, I think in the sense we need a comma in this sentence. And another lawyer looked at him and started to laugh as if the first lawyer had something absolutely hilarious. And pretty soon we all broke down into uncontrolled laughter. We were so overtired and we were so giddy that we couldn't think straight. And I remember thinking that five minutes we spent laughing about this comma just probably cost this client a grand when you add up all the people around the table. Yet we were all so proud about how hard we were working. Really, it made no sense. Our brains are so sure that effort is the same thing as value, it becomes a habit to effort. That's certainly what my brain had me thinking and doing in the coaching world. I thought, well, if one post is good, two are better, and maybe I should aim for 10. Definitely a lengthy newsletter that's kind of like a miniature novel is a weekly requirement. Yeah, that totally seems good. A podcast too, let's add that for sure. And then more lately, my brain's been dreaming up all kinds of other things I can add to this list to connect with my people. So my brain was believing that more is better. My brain was remember how hard I worked as a tax lawyer. Now that coaching is my profession, my brain said, I need to do more and more things and spend longer and longer hours. That, my brain said, was how I will create the most value for my clients. This July, part of me said, whoa, Nellie, let's slow down. Is it really true that more is better? Is it really true that all these things you're doing are better for your clients? Is it really better for them that you do all of these things and you paint only on the weekend? How is it possible that it's better for your clients and for your business if you cut down on some of these activities and paint more 
What if you make your coaching business easier? Turns out it's way better for me and for my clients for me to scale back on my work hard philosophy and do less. Here's why. First, I stopped feeling exhausted and overwhelmed. I love my clients. I love coaching and I love writing, but I was starting to feel burdened. My lawyer brain was telling me, oh, I'm stuck. It was saying, you can't not do all these things. And I realized my brain was thinking it needed to recreate the overwork that had been part and parcel of my job as a tax lawyer. And when I let go of some of my workload, my self-inflicted workload, I felt more relaxed and happy. And I was able to think more creatively and ideas started to pour through me. Higher quality thoughts became available to me that I share with my clients. I've also found extra time that I'm creating from this easier approach, lots of it to satisfy my yearning to paint. After all, painting is part of my soul's calling and will always be part of what I need to do to feel fulfilled. So much so it was my love of painting that made me want to become a coach so I could share how to do that with my clients. Yet I was starting to cut that part of my, whittle down that part of my life to weekends. When I do things that fill me up, I'm able to be more creative, show up more powerfully, come up with new ideas and concepts that are more creative for my clients and in my coaching. In other words, when I paint more and do less in my coaching business, I'm a better coach. When I effort more and deprive myself of the painting time that fills me up, my coaching suffers. And I remember that more isn't better. If I write 10 posts coming from a burdened feeling of I have to, I'm going to produce 10 posts of way lower quality than two posts from a creatively expanded, oh, I just thought of this thing to help them. I'm more authentic and I'm connecting because I want to connect. When I make my life easier in these ways, life becomes more enjoyable and I'm better at everything that I do. When I remove myself from the myth that easy is less valuable, life becomes more enjoyable. So Savvy Souls, the same is almost certainly true for you in some area or areas of your life. You're getting caught up in arbitrary ideas about how you should be doing more or making more of an effort. There's still a part of you that thinks you should, you'd be more valuable if you did that. So try this instead. First, notice the areas of your life that seem overscheduled, where you've got lots of information and thoughts and ideas racing through your mind and you can't slow down and you don't know what to focus on first where you're spinning with the feeling of you should be doing more that you should be working harder you should be getting more done so step back once you've discovered these areas of your life and notice how this feels in your body when you tell yourself about the things you believe you should be doing how does it feel in your chest? Does your chest feel contracted and tight? If it does, 
know that this is your body telling you that you are telling yourself a lie, that you shouldn't be doing these things. You're telling yourself that you should be. Next, write down all the reasons your brain is telling you that you should be doing whatever it is you're telling yourself you should do. Then look at each and every reason that you wrote down one by one. Ask yourself, is it true? Is it absolutely true? What are some reasons it might not be true? How could the opposite be true? Gather some evidence to challenge your brain. And I'm referring here specifically to the methodology recommended by Byron Katie. You can check this out on her website. She's been getting the world to ask these questions of ourselves for something like 30 years. Next, decide what area or areas you can scale back in. Be prepared for some feelings of discomfort as you get over the compulsion to keep doing these things. Allow the uncomfortable feelings and note that they're part of the process of giving up this compulsive habit. Next, use the extra time you've created to do something that you're yearning to do, something fun, something that fills you up, something that lights you up. Finally, notice how much easier it is to live this way and believe that easy isn't bad. Easy is sometimes the best way to go. So goodbye, Savvy Souls. And I hope you have an easy time of it this week. And if you know somebody in your life who's efforting and struggling and making things too hard for herself or himself, do let them know about this podcast episode, share it with them, and let them think about this in a different way. Let them discover that easy isn't bad and sometimes is even better. Have an awesome week. See you next time. Bye. So if you're energized by the possibilities you're hearing about on this podcast, but you're wondering how it's possible to actually make what you've been fantasizing about doing actually happen, I'd love you to join me for a free strategy session where we'll talk about coaching together. We'll explore how you can start making what you want possible by taking small, easy steps that add up to something amazing. Just click on the link in the show notes below this episode to book your free call. I'd love to meet you live. And all my listeners, remember, it's finally your time to do what you want.